Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are looking at Gary Chapman's book, The Four Seasons of Marriage. As we closed last week's broadcast, we were looking at strategy number three of the seven strategies to enhance the seasons of your marriage. Strategy number three is learn to speak your spouse's love language. As we said last week, love is an essential human need. Whether we're educated or uneducated, we know instinctively that children need to feel loved. Gary says he likes to describe each child as having an emotional love tank. When the love tank is full, that is, when the child genuinely feels loved by the parents, the child grows up normal and well-adjusted. But when a love tank is empty, the child grows up with many internal struggles. During the teenage years, these children will go looking for love, typically in all the wrong places. The same is true of adults. Every adult has an emotional love tank. When we feel loved by people significant to us, life is beautiful. When our love tank is empty, we struggle emotionally. According to Gary, much misbehavior among adults grows out of an empty love tank. And for us married folks, the person we would most like to have love us is our spouse. If we feel loved by our spouse, the world looks bright. But if our love tank is empty, the world begins to look rather dark. Success in business, education, or sports will not satisfy the longing of the human heart for emotional love. When emotional love evaporates, marriages slip into fall and then winter. Conversely, when emotional love is rekindled, the warm breezes of spring and summer return to the marriage. Gary next wants us to focus on the nature of emotional love as it relates to marriage. He says it all begins with the tingles. In the normal course of life, we meet someone who catches our attention. There's something about the way he or she looks, talks, or acts that gives us a warm, tingly feeling inside. The tingles are what motivate people to go out with each other. Sometimes on the first date, we lose the tingles. We find out something intolerable about the other person and the tingles dissipate. But with some people, every time we get together, it's just tinglier and tinglier. Eventually, we find ourselves emotionally obsessed. We're quite certain that he or she is the most wonderful person we've ever met. Everyone else will see the flaws, but we won't. Our parents may say, have you considered that he hasn't had a steady job in five years? And we'll respond, Give him a break. He's just waiting for the right opportunity. Our friends may ask, Have you considered that she's been married five times before? And we'll respond, Ah, those other guys were losers. The woman deserves to be happy, and I'm going to make her happy. This stage of a romantic relationship can best be described as emotional obsession. We can't get the person off our minds. We go to bed thinking about him, and we wake up thinking about him. All day long, we wonder what she's doing. Talking with her is the highlight of our day, and we want to spend as much time with her as possible. 
This obsession leads to irrational thoughts such as, I'll never be happy unless we're together forever. Nothing else in life really matters. Well, in this stage of love, differences are minimized or denied. All we know is that we're happy. We've never been happier, and we intend to be happy for the rest of our lives. This euphoric stage of love does not require a lot of effort. We are swept along by a river of positive emotions. We are willing to do almost anything for the benefit of the other person. It is during this time of emotional obsession that most people get married. They anticipate that they will continue to have these euphoric feelings for each other forever. They fail to understand that emotional obsession is only the initial stage of romantic love. Research indicates that the average duration of this initial euphoria is two years. When we come down off the emotional high, we must make the transition to the next stage of love, which is much more intentional and requires a conscious effort to meet the emotional needs of the other person. Many couples fail to make this transition. Instead, they get the tingles for someone else, divorce and remarry, repeating the cycle with another mate. Sixty percent of those who remarry will experience a second divorce. And if perchance they try again, the divorce rate for the third marriages is 75%. Gary says that the importance of learning how to make the transition from the obsessive state to the intentional state of love should be obvious. Just because we stay in a relationship does not mean that emotional love will continue to flow. The second stage of love is truly different from the first. The obsessive feelings we had for each other begin to fade. And we recognize other important pursuits in life besides pursuing each other. The illusions of perfection evaporate, and the words of our parents and friends return to our minds. He hasn't had a steady job in five years. She's been married five times before. We start to wonder how could we have been so blind to reality? Differences in personality, interests, and lifestyle now become obvious, whereas before, we hardly even noticed. The euphoria that led us to put each other first and to focus on each other's well-being has now dissipated. We begin to focus on ourselves and to realize that our spouse is no longer meeting our needs. We begin to request and then demand things from our mate, and when he or she refuses to meet our demands, we withdraw or lash out in anger. Our anger or withdrawal pushes our mate further away and makes it more difficult for him or her to express love to us. Can such tarnished relationships be reborn? Gary says the answer is yes if couples become aware of the nature of love and learn how to express love in a language their mate can understand. Good intentions are not enough. We must also learn how to meet our spouse's emotional need for love. You know, people are different. What makes one person feel loved will not necessarily make another person feel loved. By nature, we tend to express love to others in the way we wish they would express love to us. When our spouse doesn't respond positively to our expressions of love, we get frustrated. Gary says the problem is not the sincerity of our love, 
The problem is that we are speaking the wrong love language. If we speak our own love language but not our mates, we will fail to communicate. Carrie is often asked to explain the popularity of his book, The Five Love Languages, which has now sold more than 3 million copies and has been translated into 34 languages around the world. He believes that the book has been successful because it has helped people learn to make the transition from obsessive love to intentional love. It has taught people how to discover and speak their spouse's love language and thus keep emotional love alive in their relationship. Gary's book is a great tool to have in your marriage toolbox. It's not the only one you need, but it is certainly a very important one. Regardless of which season your marriage is in now, according to Gary, learning to speak your partner's love language will enhance your communication, fill your spouse's love tank, and strengthen your relationship. If your marriage is in fall or winter, learning to speak your spouse's love language may be the key to turning your marriage around and heading forward into spring and summer. As the title of his book says, Gary believes there are five basic love languages, five ways to express love emotionally, and that each person has a primary love language that we must learn to speak if we want a person to feel loved. Let's look briefly at the five. Words of Affirmation Gary relates the following story to illustrate this one. One time when my wife and I were visiting our daughter and son-in-law and our two grandchildren, our son-in-law took the garbage out after dinner. When he walked back into the room where we were talking with our daughter, she looked up and said, John, thanks for taking the garbage out. Inside, I said, yes, because I knew the power of appreciation. Gary continues, I can't tell you how many men and women have sat in my office over the past 30 years and said to me, I work my tail off every day, yet my spouse acts like I haven't done a thing. I never get a single word of appreciation. If your spouse's primary love language is words of affirmation, your spoken praise and appreciation will fall like rain on parched soil. Before long, you will see new life sprouting in your marriage as your spouse responds to your words of love. Acts of Service Do you remember the old saying, actions speak louder than words? Well, for some people, this is particularly true of love. If acts of service is your spouse's primary love language, nothing will speak more deeply to him or her emotionally than simple acts of service. Gary gives the following example. Maxine, who had been married for 15 years, came to his office one day because she was frustrated with their marriage. Listen to what she said. I don't understand, David. Every day he tells me that he loves me, but he never does anything to help me. He just sits on the couch watching TV while I wash the dishes, and the thought never crosses his mind to help me. Maxine's primary love language is acts of service, not words of affirmation. And even though her husband David loved her, he had never learned to express his love in a way that made her feel love. Well, our time is gone for today. I invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page 
for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user, or if the time is inconvenient, you can go to my website, mutualunderstanding.net, and click on the Mum Live tab to view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.